Talk with Sue, our journeys to thriving. My intention with this podcast is the same as my intention with my health and wellness coaching. My intention is to work with women who are in the second phase of their life. Women who want to create a new vision after years of not even knowing what their vision is outside of being on call for everyone else in their life. And now they're on call for themselves. I invite you to this journey, a journey that I have been on myself for the past several years. When I started this journey, I didn't know how to answer the question, what do I want from my life? How do I want to feel? Where do I want to go? What do I want my life to look like in this second phase? I raised my children. I've worked. I've met all the responsibilities that were placed upon me that I wanted to be responsible for. But now it's my time. And it's my time to answer the question, the internal question. What is my vision for the next phase of my life? So I'm asking you, my audience, the same question. And I hope that this podcast and all my podcasts will help to bring you to a new vision, to at least help you to ask yourself some vital questions, questions that might take time to answer, but that's okay. We need to be gentle with ourselves, kind to ourselves, and know that we are important, that we are enough, that we are loved, we belong, and we are worthy of being happy and thriving. Welcome everybody. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a while. And uh, I have a wonderful guest with me today, Gina Rideout. Gina is a certified health coach with a passion for nutrition, disease prevention, and essential oils. She loves to help women who are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired make small changes for massive impact on their mind, body, and soul. So welcome, Gina. My audience is, um, or I'm developing my audience to be all about midlife, about women on the second phase of their journey, because that's the journey that I have taken. So I can relate to what women are going through at this time in their lives. And you have a lot to share with us that will resonate for these women. So Gina, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and where you are today? Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is a, an absolute pleasure, and it's been a pleasure meeting you and, and, and getting to know, learn more about what you do. So I am a certified health coach and a certified essential oils coach. And, you know, it's kind of funny when I think about my past because I've had several different careers 
for different uh -huh. reasons. And most people who know me now, the the Gina of today, <laughs> they know, you know, I'm very holistic and very health oriented and everything I do is uh, everything that goes on or in my body is all very carefully chosen. And, you know, you might think it's, it's because I need these superior products or something, but that's not it at all. Mm -hmm. It really has to do with living a clean lifestyle and you know, I don't even have so much as an Advil in, in my house because I use natural alternatives. I use essential oils and it's always something that mother nature provided for us mm -hmm. first. That's always my go-to. And most people uh, don't realize that, you know, I kind of have a, a little secret <laughs> mm -hmm. in, with the fact that I used to work for the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> which people kind of find find kind of a little bit funny uh, just because of the way I am now. And, uh, you know, it's, it all has, has a place, right. And sure. I'm not pro or against, you know, what uh -huh. they, they don't have to, uh, you know, be in combat. They can work very well together. Sure. And uh, but but most, I think, um, I think that's interesting though, because having experience in pharmaceuticals, I think gives you some really good insight now that you're working with essential oils. And I'm very excited to be talking about that with you. So sorry to interrupt. Absolutely. Go on. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about what did our great, great grandparents use, you know, before big pharma came along, what did they use? They used plant-based medicine, right? Mm -hmm. They used nature's gifts and they're, they were, I believe they were put on this planet for our careful use and we need to protect that. And mm -hmm. they can be what I've learned over the past, uh, well, I've been using oils now for almost seven years is that they can just, they're, they can be extremely effective and mm -hmm. they're cost-effective and they're safe. You don't have to worry about any side effects whatsoever. Um, and if you have the, you know, the top, say top 10 oils in your possession, you can pretty much take care of 85, 90% of minor health and wellness issues that you come across in your home. You know, for me in my home, we've managed to, or, you know, with my knowledge managed to reduce uh, overall illness, we've reduced digestive issues, skin issues, respiratory issues. My immune system has been uh, dramatically improved, all with the help of holistic health and and knowing when and how to use essential oils. And yeah. they're also super powerful. As you mentioned, the second phase of life, I turned 50 this year and, you know, starting to notice some changes and sure. there are fantastic oils that can help women through, you know, the change <laughs> and mm -hmm. menopausal symptoms. Yeah. That's There's very lots exciting. that can be very done. Exciting. Right. Yeah. Now you mentioned um, 10 essential oils that probably everyone should keep in their quote unquote medicine cabinet so that they have available. And um, I will include that list in the show notes so that, you know, women can just be aware and remember. I know I'm going to need to remember. So, yes. yeah. Now tell us you have a very interesting background. 
leading up to all of this and uh, yeah. actually a pretty impressive background. Mm -hmm. So share that with us. Sure. So it's actually a couple of incidents that led me, I, I call it from pharma to food, <laughs> my, <laughs> my journey, because <laughs> it started you know, being a drug pusher, you know, the legal, <laughs> legal sense of the term to becoming not anti-drug, but last, last resort drug. I'll try mm -hmm. all the nature stuff first. So it's actually a couple of incidents that made me kind of take pause and really think about um, what I'm using in my lifestyle and my home and my kids. And the first incident was with my youngest daughter uh, she was when she was born about a month later we discovered she had thrush and mm. you know for anyone in the audience who, who might not know it's a fungal infection right very common in babies and I was nursing her so we were giving it back and forth and it was just such a you know it's supposed to be such a beautiful time you know when you have a newborn yeah. in the home but for me, it wasn't. I look back at pictures and I don't remember. I'm looking at the picture. I can see I was there, but I don't remember being there. And I was just mm. in another place because I was so sleep deprived. She was crying all mm. the time. She wasn't drinking enough. She wasn't gaining weight enough. And I had nurses calling me at home and, you know, I wasn't happy with that treatment at times because they were mm -hmm. I was accused of not eating enough and I didn't have enough milk and I knew that oh, wasn't true I had plenty so of milk yeah and she just wasn't drinking so I was going to my pediatrician you know doing everything I was told to do to try and get her to clear the thrush and start gaining some weight and you know it's I got to the point with my pediatrician and she was lovely, but she got to a point where she said, you know, Gina, she's just a fussy baby. Mm. There's there's nothing more I can do for her. And we had done, you know, antifungals for me and for her. I treated her with um, a product called Gentian Violet. I don't know if you're familiar that, with that, but it's no. this purple. It's basically a poison. <laughs> and you swab it in her mouth. It turns her little lips purple. I gave that to her three times on the recommendation of my doctor and nurses and you know and it still didn't clear it up and I ended up having mm. to stop nursing early at six months I wanted she was my second and I knew we didn't want any more so I wanted to nurse her as long as I could and ended up having to stop at six months I was so upset um, because sure. we couldn't fix the whole problem and uh anyway through and the jigs you, and you you being made to feel like it was something you were doing yeah you know? yeah um, absolutely that's really it's a terrible feeling it is yeah and being really. helpless and then you know the accusations <laughs> you know, which i don't think were called for and right. she eventually said to me you know what we and so yeah nystatin the antifungals she was spitting up a lot, so she was mm. given um, Zantac and just throwing all of these medications at her, which I never questioned at that time, right? Because I wasn't in the place I am now. Um, mm -hmm. I wish I knew. We always wish we knew then, right? Of what course. we know now. Um, hindsight, it's 2020. But 
she eventually, she had done everything that she had in her toolbox, basically. And mm-hmm. I don't mean disrespect for my pediatrician. I continue to mm-hmm. see her after for other things, but that was all she had in her toolbox because yeah. Yeah. Western medicine, they're trained to medicate. They're not trained to get to the root of the problem, right? And it wasn't until somebody said to me, you know what, why don't you see, uh, it was a friend of ours who's a naturopathic doctor. So mm-hmm. why don't you go see Kathleen? So I said, okay, I'll do anything. And I mean, it was too late. I had already stopped nursing at that point, but she was the one who explained to me, well, when you gave her the antifungals and the gentian violet, not only did it kill all the bad bacteria Mm. and the fungal issues, it killed all the good as well. I basically stripped her gut. And I know you're familiar with gut health and that actually affected her for a good 10 years before I really got to the bottom of it and oh, uh, fixed yeah. her her gut health. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really long and unfortunately common story that for some people just never gets resolved. Mm. And luckily for me, because I was heading down that path, you know, 10 years is a lot. She always had bad bellies as a child and we yeah. could never really figure out why. And, and how old so was I saw- she? How old was she when you finally went to the naturopath doctor? At it was at point. about six months. Yeah, six months. about six okay. months old. Yeah. So she explained to me that, you know, we basically killed everything in her poor little gut and gave her acidophilus, right, to repopulate all the good bacteria. And she gave her a remedy. To this day, I don't recall what it was, but it's it looked like a tiny little pill. And she it was so small. She said, just make sure she rolls it around in her mouth for about 12 seconds. If she swallows it, no big deal. It was so tiny. And when I gave her that, she drank five ounces of milk for the first time in her little life. You know, normally she was always just a couple ounces at a time and spitting up. Anyway, she drank. And it worked ounces. that rapidly. It worked, it that worked rapidly. immediately, immediately. Wow. And yeah. And then once the acidophilus started, you know, settling in and working, she was a different baby. And, mm. you know, when the, my pediatrician said that to me, uh, she's just a fussy baby, you know, as, as a mom, any, any new mom or mom knows their child. And mm-hmm. I just looked back at her. I said, no, there is something wrong with her. Yes. This is not normal. She's not just a fussy baby. So exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. And make sure we listen to that. So I suffered, we suffered for six months and my naturopathic doctor fixed her in a day. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, so that was kind of the first moment where I had to, where I had taken a step back and went, hmm, you know, one of those, you know, things that make you go, hmm, it made me sit back and and take a look at it. And and that was interesting, right? But you know, life went on, we got busy and carried on. I kind of forgot about it. And I was still in the pharmaceutical field for another few years after that. And then ended up in my late 30s, yeah, late 30s, uh, I discovered a breast lump. And lucky for me, it turned out to be nothing. Uh, You know, not everyone is so lucky when something like that happens. 
Um, but I had switched careers at that point in my late 30s because I ended up uh, getting laid off from pharmaceutical, which was a blessing in disguise. You know, all, all the travel I found difficult uh, with a small family and uh, it, it was making me very unhappy. So when I left there, I actually went back to school, um, which is why I have two master's degrees in yeah. research and, and evaluation because when I tried to, when I left pharma, I wanted to go back to that field in psychology mm -hmm. and research and everything that I was trying to, you know, things that I was applying for, they kept telling me, well, my work, your work is dated. And it's actually mm -hmm. the first time, side note, it's actually the first time I experienced ageism. Mm -mm. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize it at first when I, and, you know, after some interviews and things like that, I'm like, oh no, they think I'm too old and I don't remember how to do this. And you were, you and, were in your thirties. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy? And it is. That was another aha when I went, oh my goodness, is this really happening in my late thirties? Ageism. Yeah. And I noticed, you know, they were hiring, you know, people who were just younger than me. Some of the people I interviewed with were younger than me, the interviewers. So I think maybe they were intimidated. I also had more experience than them, mm -hmm. but they were telling me, you know, well, your first master's is dated, you know, it, it's old and just tell, basically tell me, telling me I was, I really felt like they were telling me I was washed up and old. <laughs> yeah, so you're thought, obsolete. That's a horrible message. <laughs> and, and you knew you weren't. That's horrible. Isn't I'm that sorry. awful? Terrible. So yeah, it was awful. So I thought, okay, well, whatever, I'll do it again. No problem. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Good for you. I went back and yeah, did the second master's in research and evaluation. And it's a good thing I did. I am glad I did because it took me down a different career path. I ended up working in mental health and addictions with our provincial government. Mm. And I quite enjoyed that work. And it was when I first started there that I also discovered the breast lump. And because of my background, um, for, for me, anything like that that happened, I had to dive two feet in, read, research, absolutely everything that I possibly could. Mm -hmm. So I spent all my time learning about breast cancer treatments and not just the Western medicine, but everything. And it really took me aback when I realized um, that people heal themselves from cancer naturally, holistically, sometimes just with food. And I just mm -hmm. remember thinking, why do we not know this? Why is this not common knowledge? Why do we think mm -hmm. that chemotherapy is the only way? And sure, it's one way, but it's mm -hmm. not the only way. And, yeah. you know, we have the same training with the Institute of integrative nutrition and so you probably know the same story i remember hearing about this uh, chinese man who was living in the united states and he was giving he was given a few months to live they had discovered a brain tumor and he was given a few months to live so he wanted to go back to his homeland rural china to die <laughs> so he left he went back and the two-month deadline that they gave him came and went He's still alive. Six months went by, a year went by, 10 years went by. And mm -hmm. he's still living and outlived a lot of his doctors. And and 
you know, they credit it to the fact that he left the terrible diet and environment that he was immersed mm -hmm. in in the U.S., went mm -hmm. back to his rural China where they eat whole foods, organic foods, and mm -hmm. uh, he healed, it healed himself. He, he, yeah, he just changed his even, environment. Exactly. Not a, the environment uh, geographically, you know. Yes. It was in yeah. his culture, yeah, and um, yeah, you know, it's such an extreme notion for many people to mm -hmm. realize that you can heal yourself with these these forms of medicine. Um, yeah, and, food is medicine. Know, yeah, and um, yeah. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. So this was fascinating to me so fascinating that i even though the health scare for me you know i had all the waiting and the testing and visiting doctors for me thank goodness it turned out to be nothing to worry about um but once i went down that path i couldn't stop i was uh, just so fascinated and became a little mm -hmm. obsessed with it which is why I went to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition oh. to become a certified health coach because I thought, you know what, I spend all my free time reading this. You know, I should at least get some kind of certification <laughs> for all this yeah, work. Absolutely. <laughs> so I did that That's while funny. I was working uh, in my government job, and it was more of interest than than anything. And, and you picked a, you know, <clears throat> you picked a great school. I have to say. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which yeah, you're also alone. Yeah, we're both alone. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just had to do yeah. that little plug for IIN. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's how we connected, right? Because I, I yes. saw you in one of their lives. Yeah. So, you know, and that was fascinating because what a lot of people don't realize, well, A, there are options, right? There are different options. There's no one size fits all. There's no That's one. Right cure what worked for this Chinese man was just a change in his environment but you know everyone is different all the cancers mm -hmm. are different and you know people need to make their own plan but right. there's no reason why you can't do alternative therapies and do simple things like he did in addition to any other western treatment right which he chose not to do I, yeah. well, I don't even think that was an option for him he was he was yeah. given a, a death sentence but, you know, I and also I'm glad, learned. I'm, yes. I'm glad that you made that distinction that everyone yeah. is, as we learn, bio-individual. And exactly. when you are diseased in whatever way, what may work for one person may not work for you. And like you did, you really have to go down that rabbit hole and um, yep. go through this whole discovery process and it can be long it can be arduous it can be difficult it can be deflating it can be all of those mm -hmm. things but i think right here is where i want to convey to my audience that i hope that they have heard you say a few different things that you were let go at a job but you rallied and you made a decision to go in a different direction, okay? That's not mm -hmm. easy to do, but it can be done. It can be done. And then all of this 
all of these experiences really was like an unraveling for you. It's not only self-discovery, but discovery in, in many forms, you know, that brought you to where you are today. And um, I think we women in midlife, we get stuck and we can get stuck in our thinking. We can get stuck emotionally. We can get stuck physically. Um, there are so many different ways we can get stuck. And sometimes you just can't figure it all out or figure just what one thing might be for you to do. So, um, yeah, that was just kind of something I wanted to interject. Because yeah, it's absolutely. important to hear the message. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, you know, some people have a hard time getting past that. And it was devastating when I lost my job because I was immersed in it. But it made me take a step back and go, oh, wait, how did I get here? I went mm -hmm. from, Absolutely. you know, working in psychology to almost 10 years in pharmaceutical sales. This is not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, that job actually kind of fell in my lap and it was fun for a while. You know, there's a lot of perks to that job, but in the end, I thought uh, the last few years, I really wasn't happy and, you know, wondering, well, how did, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> I want to bring me back to where I had intended to go in the first place. But then the, even though I did, I went back and I did the second master's and I was working in research, quite enjoyed it. The healthcare caused another, mm -hmm. uh, pivot, you know, if, if you will, and made me go in another direction of the health coaching. And through that, oh gosh, it, it taught me so good, so much because it is such a, it's a wonderful program. Um, and what I, a lot of what I read in alternative and holistic healing brought me to the way I live today. And it's so important uh, for women of any age, but also women who mm -hmm. might be going through uh, menopause and hormonal changes what uh, what we need to realize a lot of people don't realize the impact that chemicals in our environment it can play on our health and a lot of people yeah. you know feel oh it's just about I just need to exercise and eat well mm -hmm. and there's so much more than that right we need to manage our stress we need to reduce environmental toxins in our home we have to be proactive in our care and i was really fascinated when i started reading about xenoestrogens and for anyone who's not familiar xenoestrogens are basically they're endocrine disruptors and they mimic estrogen so they actually uh, can be found in a lot of the our chemical cleaners our mm. uh, household or um, personal care products, all of these things have uh, lab-made chemicals in them. And yeah. what they do is they actually sit in the estrogen receptor sites where oh, our yes. body's natural estrogen is supposed to sit. These xenoestrogens get in and take their place because they mimic estrogen. And that leads to estrogen dominance in our system because the natural mm. estrogen is floating around, not finding its place. <laughs> because it's taken up with the xenoestrogens. And this is really unhealthy for us. So a lot of people are walking around with, you know, this in this toxic chemical soup with all of these hormonal issues and can't figure out why, or they end up going on medications to, to deal with yeah. it. And a lot yeah. of times 
And it's one of the things that I started changing after that breast cancer scare was switching out all my chemical cleaners. And just as I ran out of something, um, I didn't replace it. For years, I cleaned with just baking soda and vinegar. And mm -hmm. then when essential oils came into play, essential oils are naturally antibacterial, they're naturally antiviral mm -hmm. and antimicrobial, antifungal. So I incorporated essential oils. So I clean, was then cleaning with vinegar, baking soda and essential oils yeah. for the extra antibacterial value of them. Um, and, you know, with cleaners, I don't know how, I guess, advertising over the years has made us firmly believe that in order for your house to be clean, it has to smell like a can of Lysol, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm not sure where where did that come from when, when I was living with my mom many years ago, we had a cleaner come once a week and I think she would Lysol mm -hmm. her way out the door and I would come home <laughs> from university Oh and I was, God. I was the same way. I would come in and take a deep inhale and go, Oh, the house is so clean. <laughs> but really, oh gosh, if that happened to me now, um, it would cause an asthma attack. <laughs> yeah. I too right? am very sensitive to those smells, uh, especially yeah. the, the spray, the aerosols sprays yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, um, it's, yeah, you know, it can be, the uh, environmental toxins and how do you solve that problem and it can be overwhelming to even think about it but it really doesn't need to be overwhelming and we'll we'll get into that i know i use uh cleaning products um that are plant-based and all natural now the only problem i have is mm -hmm. Getting the toilet bowl really clean, I have to say, I just, that's the only time I resort to bleach because I mean, I don't, it sounds so silly, but maybe there's an essential oil for that. But any, yeah, I'm just I getting the, how come, how you can just feel overwhelmed. Um, but it can be, it can be simple and we'll, yeah. you know, list some things in the show notes, maybe some products that you use or some recipes that you use um, that can just kind of take the, um, the overwhelm away. Keep it simple, right? Yeah. Simple, simple is best. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can, I can definitely provide that um, for your listeners uh, in the notes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what's brought me here and switching out to natural makeup, skincare, cleaners, and I'm very strict about it as well. You know, I have two teenage girls and they're much better now because they're a little bit older, but in, you know, their younger teenage years, of course, they were like most teenagers who Mm -hmm. were wanting to wear heavy perfumes and <laughs> there's a store in the mall that's that sells very heavily scented um uh, yeah. bath body washes and things like that yeah. and I just wouldn't let them have them in the house and there's actually a couple of apps I use and I used to tell them okay open up your app if you want to buy something at Sephora mm -hmm. or 
<laughs> or wherever, if it if it's rated the right, given the right rating yeah. in the app that I use, you can bring it home. Otherwise, I told them do not bring it home because I'll throw it out. <laughs> so I'm, you I'm use very that strict. App in um, what is it called? The, the Environmental Working Group or something like that. Yes. Yes, that's use, one. So okay. Yeah. I use that one too. That you can look up all ingredients and mm -hmm. they rate all the products. You know, one of the best products to the worst. It's a very helpful yeah. app. It's fantastic. So online, it's Environmental Working Group, or you could just type in type in EWG Skin Deep Cosmetics Database, and okay. they might not have all. Um, your skincare and things like that but i if you just scan the barcode of your favorite skincare product oh, uh, it'll give you a, a rating yeah oh, yeah and there's wow, an app that's the app great is, oh yeah it's fantastic so the app is called healthy living um but it, now can you do that things. with your can you do that with your cleaning products too yep or it's yep. oh cool so yeah you can people will have fun with yeah. that <laughs> yeah so that's one. And the other one is, is an app called that's more geared for cosmetics. It's called think dirty shop clean. <laughs> and that's another one. So me being, uh, you know, kind of geeky, I cross reference and <laughs> scan the product on both apps. And mm -hmm. I mean, I generally don't have to anyway, because I know I am very particular about the products I order. Um, and I know they're clean, mm -hmm. um, but those are two that I would have my girls check before they brought anything home and, and, and the essential oils, you know, have, have changed so much with how I do things. Um, oftentimes I'll go to my physician for a diagnosis on something, say if it's a skin issue and I'll just go home and treat it myself with oils and mm -hmm. natural products. And that's good to know that you can go to your doctor to get the diagnosis because <laughs> you don't want to be diagnosing yourself. And that's the way for you to know what, what oil you're going to use. And you know, you're very well versed in all of this. And um, I was commenting when we first met, you know, I go into Marshalls and I see these essential oils and I think I'm you know they say all natural and I think I'm doing the right thing but um probably not <laughs> yeah so. and that's the unfortunate thing that you know I guess I would like your listeners to know that the essential oil industry is not regulated so companies mm. everyone wants a piece of the essential oil pie right now because sure. they're very trendy despite the fact that oils have been around for 5,000 years or so, they're trendy right now. So, but it's not regulated. So any company can sell any kind of oil and put 100% pure, organic, natural. They can put all that on the bottle and there's nobody mm -hmm. saying they can't. So a lot of oils, I would say 98% of the oils that you can purchase around in stores and and yeah marshalls and winners included are most likely syn synthetic perfumes or adulterated mm. in some way and you know you had to be careful it depends on what you want it for if if 
you don't care about what you're putting in your environment or you just want a smell in your house, um, you know, that's fine. But when you're diffusing the oils in your home, everyone in the household is experiencing it, including pets and, and your kids. And you really want to make sure that it's a pure product, especially if you want to use it therapeutically. And I've had many, met many people over the years who, when they learn about what I do and I'm an essential oil educator, they put their hands up and say, oh, you know what? I can't do smells. Um, I'm, I'm allergic to scent. And I'll explain to them or I'll teach a class. I teach classes all the time, explain to them what it is. And once they learn the difference, most people don't know that there's a difference between synthetic scent and the scent that mother nature makes. You know, when you peel an orange and you get that waft of orange smell from the peel, that's the essential oils that you're smelling. And with the, with the products that I use, I know 100% that they are pure, unadulterated. Um, and actually we've had some testing done just recently where we can actually say the brand of oils that I use are considered pharmaceutical grade, which is unheard of in this industry. Hey, so you told me a great story of, um, I guess you're one of many that went to, um, I don't know, a symposium or something where you were giving a talk on essential oils and a woman yeah. came. Yeah, tell us that story. That's a great story. Yeah. Because I'm sure so there are many a... of us that are like that. Exactly. And it's a legitimate thing. You know, I'm not of course. doubting that at all. It's a, I'm, I'm also scent sensitive, um, but it's synthetic scent. So I was invited to do a corporate talk on essential oils and you know we each had 30 minutes so one girl before me was teaching on something else and she was clearing out and I was coming in and setting up my oils and <laughs> my presentation and a woman I could see this look of fear come across her face and she said you know to me across the room I can't do scent I'm allergic to scent and I just explained to her what I just explained to you about the orange and there's a difference. And I, I told her, look, if you want to leave, I'm, I'm not offended. You can, you can leave the room if you like. Um, but she stayed and sat, she wouldn't even sit in the chairs in the tables that were set up. She said she stood up in the back of the room because mm -hmm. she was so fearful. And <clears throat> I explained the difference between what mother nature makes versus adulteration that happens in this industry and how most of the oils out there are nothing more than synthetic perfumes. And that is what we're allergic to. It's all the lab made stuff. But the body doesn't know what to do with that, right? Um, the body knows instinctively what to do with plant-based medicine, with plants That's and things so that mother nature provided for us. Yeah, the body knows what to do with that. Um, otherwise, you're filling your body with the xenoestrogens that we just talked about, mm. right? And that's why people have problems. So she listened to the talk. And normally when I do in-person presentations, I'll hand out my little bottle of wild orange uh, for everyone to put a drop into their palm. And I get them to rub their palms together and cup them up to their nose and just deep breathe for 30 mm. seconds. And it's such a... Uh, cleansing, uplifting, 
thing to do because citrus oils are natural mood enhancers. So everyone instinct, you know, naturally starts laughing and is joyful around the room. And I saw her starting to get a little bit closer <laughs> and a little bit closer, the more she learned. Eventually she was sitting down. And by the end of the presentation, she was dumping the, you know, the wild orange essential oil in the palm of her hands and cupping it up to her nose and deep breathing. And she was actually in tears because she looked at me, she said, I thought I couldn't do scent. And I said, no, you can't do synthetic scent. You can do pharmaceutical grade oils. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a big difference. So, and mo most people is unfortunately don't, don't know the difference. And of course I didn't either until, you know, sure. somebody brought it to my attention and I was reading, you know, all about it more and more. Um, I mean, I didn't know until I met you. I just thought the essential oils, yeah. oils I'm using are fine. So, yeah. yeah. And that's why I love to educate uh, just to mm -hmm. get that message across. You really have to be careful of what you're putting into your home and what your kids are breathing and what you're breathing. And I had another similar incident with uh, a mom. Um, my youngest daughter is in competitive gymnastics. So we were doing a fundraiser and selling bath bombs. And of course, I'm saying out loud, <laughs> right? And I'm saying out loud, okay, I need to find out where, how these bath bombs are scented or I'm not going to use them in my home and I'm going to have a hard time selling them <laughs> to people unless I know where, you know, all the ingredients have come from and my friend standing next to me was looking at me she said oh yeah I'm the same I I'm super careful about I can't do any synthetic scent but I knew that she was a representative for mm -hmm. a a company that sells synthetic scent I won't <laughs> I won't name names and she didn't and, she didn't realize it did she yeah I had this internal battle with myself going oh no do I do I tell her do I not tell her and of course, I had to. I had to tell her, and I, I said, "You, you do realize." I think you know, that's an ethical. That's a, an ethical question that you posed to well, yourself. And I think. Yeah, and well, I guess anyway, it's, it's I all on how you the, say it. Yes, absolutely. How you deliver your message. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did tell her, and she was she was devastated. I could tell by her face she was devastated, mm. and she was just after telling me how her youngest daughter has this terrible rash and, and a cough she can't get rid of. We were chatting about that beforehand. And anyway, I mentioned to her, you know, that, you know, those are, those are, I'm sorry, but those are synthetic scent and can cause respiratory issues, skin issues, all kinds of things in the home. So about a week went by and I bumped into her again. I felt really bad. I walked up to her to apologize because um, I felt bad about upsetting her. And when I walked up to her, she just started to cry. And she said, Gina, I went home and I took the warmer out of my daughter's bedroom because she had it running there all the time. She said two days, two days, her cough was gone and her rash was almost cleared up. And of course, as a mom, right, she was upset that the, the warmer that she put in there was actually causing harm to her child. But she didn't and know. You don't know. She didn't know, right? And that's what I said to her. So you don't know what you don't know. And now you know. And, you know, this is the case I find with so many people who are walking around with uh, illnesses, nagging illnesses like that, sinuses, 
sinus issues, skin issues, respiratory issues, gut issues, and not making the connection between uh, their illness and the maybe this heavily scented candles that they have burn, burning in their home every single night. Um, but we need to start making that connection because it impacts our health and especially as we age. Mm. Yeah, I had a thought earlier um, that as we age, and I don't know, I may be incorrect because I know that younger people, of course, can experience disease and the body, um, you know, breaks down. But I think as you age, it's, it's a normal thing as you age that your body does start to break down you know the cells just as a as a, a form of aging so yeah it's so important to learn become educated um go to gina's website and learn all of this stuff and um yeah so you can better take care of yourself just knowing that you're using these products is part of healing the knowing is part of healing, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I, and I, as we age. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, as we I, age. I, yeah, I think, yeah, our defenses are maybe not as strong as they were when we were younger, you know, maybe mm -hmm. we're not especially for women who might be going through menopause are not sleeping as well. And that tends to run down our defense, you know, our immune defenses as well. So mm -hmm. things do change and we have to really make a point to take better care. And this is all part of it. It's not just about food and, and moving. It's our mental health. It's reducing stress and reducing uh, environmental what's what's in our environment what are we mm -hmm. uh, exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis and it might be it might sound overwhelming um, I do a presentation called detox your home where I go over some stats and things like that and even when, when I read this stuff sometimes I just want to run to the hills and just live in a <laughs> little hut off the grid and <laughs> yeah. start growing my own food you know it can it can cause that response and you know it doesn't have to be that way it's not meant to be stressful so i just tell people look just one thing at a time i didn't do all of this exactly. overnight and i'm still you working just, on it right? yeah you can just ask yourself what might be the one thing depending on how yep. i'm feeling what would be the one thing i'd want to start working on and it might be for a woman who's experiencing hot flashes that maybe i just want to start there and what would you tell a woman who is suffering from those hot flashes? I'm sure you have yeah. oils that would help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So no, um, not meant to be stressful because I've worked with some people who uh, just get, you know, if they're traveling, they're upset and anxious and it's causing this mm -hmm. massive anxiety. What am I going to eat? Oh no, there's going to be exposures mm -hmm. and that defeats the purpose, right? We, we yeah. have to find joy in, in our lives. And if you're traveling, I tell them, look, you're traveling, you're going on vacation. Sure, if you can have gluten for, you know, if you're a celiac, you know, you do have to watch out for that. But go find joy. <laughs> go have fun. That's that's part of our healing. And that's part of our, uh, you know, wellness journey to to find joy in 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 our lives. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. So and I think being go. 50 plus gives oh, oh sorry, no, it's just gonna say I think this phase of my life, I'm finding it's it's um it's given me a, a different perspective. <laughs> when we can sit yeah, just with yeah. the kids being grown and having a little bit more time to mm -hmm. reflect and what do I want for myself? What do I want for my future? I still have a long way to go. I plan on seeing a hundred. <laughs> for you. So for you. I want to live it well. And, you know, one of the messages I really like for people to kind of take home is that we don't have to be a sitting duck when it comes no. to uh, our health. I hear a lot of people will say to me sometimes, you know, uh, it's genetic, uh, you know, well, I can't mm. do anything. It's genetic anyway. Mm. Genetics only That's accounts crazy. for five, five to 8%. And really? there have been lots of studies showing in, in a lab, you know, animal studies where they can turn on that cancer gene and they can turn it off and they can turn it on again wow. and turn it off again, like a light switch. And wow. so our genes are only a tiny percentage, but it's what we do. It's a lifestyle that we are living that makes mm. all the difference. So we don't have to be a sitting duck. We can control our food, our movement, our stress levels, our environmental toxins. We can, you know, start using oils and uh, make make some changes and start being proactive um, mm. for better health moving forward. It's super important. Yeah. So interesting. Such yeah, an interesting story. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that you do. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's it's been a different, you know. It, uh, I kind of look back sometimes and wish I just had one career. You know, I have friends retiring from a thirty-year career, and you know, as we talked about before, I've had a lot of pivots. <laughs> yeah, but pivoting I, is I good. Strong... Yeah, pivoting is a good thing. It's hard to... I yeah. had that 40-year career in one thing. Yeah. And it, it served me well. You know, it helped me uh -huh. with my family and, and all of that and those golden handcuffs, so to speak. And uh, I retired. I was in my 60s when I retired. And um, it can be very... Um, Ooh, unsettling, you know, especially when you've done one thing for so long and the kids are out of the house and, and you just sit with your thoughts. And I just remember when I started on this journey a few years ago, I too went to IIN because I sought out the, the um, uh, you know, the care of a naturopath doctor and she had a, a, a coach that I worked with, and I really liked what she did. I said, I'm very interested yeah. in what you do. And she told me about IIN, and that is what caused me to go there, something so different from what I was was used to. And I, I just, I love the connections that I have now that I've never experienced before. Um, so much to learn, but what I was going to say is, and there might be women that can relate to this, you know, when you retire and now you have time and you have time to think and and I didn't know. I was so out of touch with how I felt, what my thoughts were, um, what direction do I go in, who am I? And 
it was very confusing and it was difficult. And um, fortunately, I found some spiritual um, people that I follow. And I took some coursework and, you know, questions that you ask yourself in meditation. And, and I remember thinking, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. But I stuck to it. I stuck to it, and eventually you do start to hear that inner voice. You know, you mm -hmm. have to be quiet enough to hear your inner voice. And um, it's just an amazing, amazing journey. But it can be difficult, you know, when you get started. And everything that you've been through um, has created such resiliency for you. And... That's so important for us to learn that resiliency. And I'm sure when you went through a lot of these things that you experienced fear because it was unknown and, you know, mm -hmm. you were brought up against some negative messages, but you just, you had a vision for yourself and um, you pursued that vision. And... There's nothing wrong with saying, what What do I want to do? Because you can do what you want to do. You can do what yes. brings you joy. You know? Even in the, even in the second half of our lives, exactly. we can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would never have dreamed of doing this 20 years ago. Because I just was, I think I would have been afraid to try to do it. You know, I need to mm -hmm. be making a certain amount of money. You know, I need that the golden handcuffs. I, you know, but uh, yes. now's the time, and I have some good years left. So exactly, yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful thing, really. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. And you know, I had those that health scare earlier, but. Uh, currently I'm dealing with some autoimmune issues and oh. uh, which, yeah, which that my doctor thinks tough. is, yes, but I don't know. I feel grateful, you know, mm -hmm. despite all the pivots that I've had to take some involuntary, some voluntary, you know, I, I chose to leave my government job to pursue health coaching and essential oils. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm waiting on a specialist confirmation, but my doctor thinks it's lupus. And I look back and go, okay, if those things didn't happen, I wouldn't have gone down this path. And I actually think that I've been dealing with autoimmune issues for probably the last 10 to 15 years of my life. And mm -hmm. I really believe that because I know how to take care of myself and I was proactive in my health and, you know, removing harmful things like the environmental toxins that I've done these past 10, 15 years. I think, I think that's why it went undiagnosed for so long because mm -hmm. it was only, so this started happening in, uh, what the fall of 2020 and where things really started to tumble downhill. And I actually had a new doctor, uh, my doctor retired and a new girl came in and she actually took the time to go through my chart and 
put the pieces together, which my, my other doctor didn't do, despite me going to her with, for years with all these different symptoms that I look back at now, all pointed to autoimmune disease. And she, she kind of put the puzzle together and said, you know, I, I think you have lupus. And then we started doing the testing and some of the testing confirmed, you know, lupus is not an easy thing to diagnose. Um, but I firmly believe that, you know, the, the health coaching, the health care, all my research and reading that I do, and I'm, I'm actually now doing some nutrition courses for you to be a registered holistic nutritionist. So I can't stop. I'm going to be a lifelong learner. So I've just sure. resigned to that fact. But I think it's all it's all prepared me for to be able to take care of myself through this as well. Mm -hmm. And despite not being, you know, having the formal formal diagnosis yet, this is, you know, our Canadian health care system. I've been waiting almost two years <laughs> to see a specialist. Oh goodness, you were telling me. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so frequent health care is great, but sometimes we have to wait. What are you doing for your symptoms? Because I have, what am I doing? I have Sjogren's, Sjogren's syndrome, which is kind uh -huh. of in the same family, if you want to say it that way, as lupus. You know, yeah. they're very yeah. similar symptoms. What are you doing for that? Mm -hmm. Knowing what so you know. So what I'm doing uh, is everything holistic that I can do. So um, I follow a doctor. Her name is Amy Myers. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to search Amy Myers, MD and following her protocol. So hers is initially removing removing the toxins, which I already mm -hmm. had that step done. Uh, you want to re-inoculate your gut. So you want to really take care of your gut health and uh, removing the toxins helps with that because environmental toxins can disrupt our gut health, which affects mm -hmm. our serotonin levels. It affects our, too many things to list, you, you know, in, yeah. in yeah. our conversation, but, you know, gut health is everything and healing any leaky gut, if that exists, mm, yeah. um, you want to heal leaky gut. So, and, you know, close up that junction so that the body will stop attacking every little thing. Um, yeah. So healing the gut and uh, I changed my diet to an autoimmune protocol. Um, so I removed greens uh, oh gosh, a long list of things, greens, gluten, dairy, beans, lentils, eggs, mm. <laughs> a whole bunch that's of things. That's interesting because that's everything I'm supposed to eliminate as well um, from the blood work that I got from my naturopath doctor. And um, yes. I used to be a lot stricter, <laughs> uh -huh. so maybe I need to really go back and look at that and yeah, and I relaxed course. as well. I followed I followed it for most of uh, 2021, very strict. Yeah. Um, but I've also worked some things back in and um, mm. seems to be okay. Um, I might pull it back sometimes, you know, if I'm not feeling mm -hmm. well, I'll pull it back again. Um, but that's uh, pretty much in a nutshell what I've been doing. And I, I look back and go, okay, if I didn't have the knowledge that I had, that I have now, um, I think it would be a very different story right now. I think I would probably yeah. be very sick and on a whole bunch of different medications. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, It'll be interesting uh, to see once you're diagnosed what the, the doctors will, what their protocol will be. Yeah. You know, well, part of me 
doesn't even mind waiting because I don't really want to go on a bunch of different medications. Yeah, but maybe you'll find ways holistically to do that to help. Yeah, yeah it's, and... a, it's difficult. You'll have to learn more about how it's affecting your, your internal organs or whatever else. Exactly. It does really and... affect everything yeah. in your body. And not to discount medication completely, I might have to in order to break mm -hmm. the cycle that I'm in. I'm managing yeah. right now, but I'm still symptomatic and the mm -hmm. fatigue is, is bad sometimes. Yes. That's probably um, the worst part of it for me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So who knows? I'll I'll weigh it out as it comes. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't think it's something I can answer until I actually have that conversation. And, yeah. you know, in the same grain, people often ask me sometimes, you know, Gina, well, how about if you got cancer, would you actually get chemo knowing, you know, because they know how I am. And I just don't think that's something I can answer. It depends on the cancer. No. It depends on how aggressive it is. It depends. I might do both. Yeah. I might do one or the other. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Until we're in that position, I don't think I could. No, answer no. And you that. don't want to start telling people that either. I mean, it's. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so my answer would be it depends. <laughs> yeah. Gina, we've talked about so much and it's been great. And um I I will put a lot of information into the show notes for people to see where they can find you. And also, you know, I want to just talk to you after the podcast. Um just to get, you know, thoughts about the different links that they can go to uh, regarding sure. a lot of stuff we've talked about. Um, I think that will be very helpful for them and, and helpful for me. Uh, so I really thank you for your time. It's just really been wonderful having the conversation. Thank you so much. I, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I just hope it really you know, speaks to a lot of women and uh, that are going through this part of their lives. Right. I'm so glad. I thank hope it's helpful. So and yes. Thank you for I, having me. I would hope so. Take care of yourself and enjoy the cabin and your outdoor <laughs> life this week. That's great. Thank you so that's much. Part of, that's part of wellness, too, is just getting out there. And exactly. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure, okay. too. Bye-bye.